new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. It is Monday afternoon. It's a holiday day. I know a lot of you are at home, so wanted to try to get this out for the commute home for those who are working today. But Jed Fish has been announced the new coach at the University of Washington, a new sheriff in town, a new culture coming in. So just Chris, just hot take. You know, from yesterday, we did the podcast before things became official. But, uh, you know, just give me, you know, 30 second hot take from yesterday to today and what you were feeling like yesterday as opposed to today. Well, today marks a week since they played in the national championship game, right? Think yeah. about that for a second. That's crazy. Um, it feels like we've been through like 10 news cycles since then. Like guys coming, guys going, guys maybe going somewhere else. Maybe they're staying. Who knows what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, DeBoer's going to Alabama. So then what's next? And then within 48 hours, Jed Fish is coming to, to Arizona. And and what does that mean? And and so just, just a whole range of emotions honestly and and what i what what's really tough is because of the holiday because of the three-day weekend all the players for like all the teams whether you're talking about alabama washington arizona they're all scattered they're all gone yeah and so so when jed fish tries to have a little players meeting uh last night sunday night you know, there's barely anyone there because they're all gone for the weekend. And so, you know, it's it's difficult to know exactly or gauge exactly the feelings other than, you know, when you hear at Arizona, the the, the meeting that Jed Fish had with his players lasted about three minutes. I, I, I doubt the one with the board at Washington lasted too much longer than that. It's just tough. It's just yep. a really tough cutthroat business. Yep. And you're seeing a lot of bodies in the wake because the board to Alabama is having ripple effects for hundreds, if not thousands of people. Scott, hot take from yesterday to today. Well, you know, we saw it kind of coming. We saw it brewing. Let, let's start off on Friday. Just was in complete shock about what was going on. Saturday was just, okay, what's going to happen? We know DeBoer has gone. What's going to happen? Who's going to get interviewed? All that different stuff. We're chasing that all down. Sunday is Rumorville galore until about, what, 2 o'clock, somewhere around there? maybe even a little before that, and when Fish was basically rumored to be the guy and it was starting to leak out through different sources. And then, so last night when I went to bed, I, I put together a, a blog. Hopefully everybody saw that with all the players that Washington could be after and could be guys on the roster next year, what looks what it looks like for the 2024 class for Washington, what guys from the Arizona's 2024 class could be looked at, and then what – Washington's portals could look like. So um, going through all that. And then now we're starting to get a little bit of a sense of what the assistant coaching staff is going to look like. And so there's more structure, I think. And and I'm feeling like, okay, we're starting to get to a point where 
okay, now we can start moving forward and start really thinking about what this roster is going to look like. Hey, Chris, it was kind of wild, and I kind of equated it to the same thing that was happening with Alabama. It just seemed like, you know, there was probably five or six guys out there being mentioned for the job, and then all of a sudden, one by one, guys started dropping out, and Kalen DeBoer was the last man standing. It almost seemed like that yesterday with Jed Fish. A lot of the candidates that we had just started falling off the radar one by one, and Jed Fish was the last guy standing. He may have been the first guy offered, but he was definitely the last guy standing. Yeah, it it was interesting because usually the first guy in the mix is kind of the stalking horse or the one that's kind of provide the smoke screen for the athletic directors or the agents or whoever's involved. You know, like in the in the in the coaching search that ended up having Kalen DeBoer go to Alabama, who was the first coach mentioned? It was Dan Lanning. And then it was Mike Norvell. That was Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin. And then you heard like Mike Loxley and you heard some of these other names kind of get thrown into the fore. And there's always Dabo Sweeney in the background and, and, and all these other names. So it's rare that the first guy you really hear in terms of a, of a guy that's it has legitimate interest and it could really happen ends up being that guy, especially when you go through all these other, you know, coaches, because you started with fish, but then you move to a Matt Campbell or a Chris Kleiman or a Lance Leopold. Um, it's just, it's just weird how it really did end up kind of truly going full circle. It's kind of funny because I think a lot of people, you know, specifically our posters and fans, you know, when you, we announce a breaking commit, it's like, okay, we got him. Who's next, you know, and the Jed fish thing got announced. Okay. Well, who are his assistants? I mean, it's like they take five seconds to absorb and then they are on to the next thing. And, Scott, it sure looks like we're not going to have any coaches remaining on the staff from the previous staff. Yeah, and and it's kind of unfortunate because uh, we did get to know this staff pretty well just in two years. And, and, you know, one guy had been around for a long time, and that's Scott Huff. We had known him for a while. Um, But it sounds like he's going to have a nice soft landing down at Alabama. Now, how soft of a landing is that going to be? Who knows? His big green egg, I wonder, do people down south ridicule green eggs? Because oh. I don't know. Oh, no, I don't he'll, know. He'll, have a sh- he'll have his own personal chef down there. Okay, sounds good. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sad to see some of these guys go. Um, but, you know, it's also good um, to get just a whole new, you know, whole clean slate. Granted, there's a couple guys who have ties to the Husky program and Jordan Pow Pow, Jimmy Doherty and all that. But <clears throat> I think in the in the long run, it's always better to just start fresh, have a brand new staff, let them establish with the guys that they want but also uh you know established with the guys that are here and 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 kind of move forward from there and chris it's not just only on the field but uh guys off the field as well you know like uh jared McElwain in the recruiting office courtney morgan in the recruiting office i don't expect ron mckee to be retained it sounds like the strength and conditioning coach is uh coming up as well but it's just not on the field it's off the field as well oh 100 like i said when 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 I'm talking about ripple effects for hundreds, if not thousands of people, I'm talking about in all three of the schools that are being affected currently, as well as whatever school Arizona takes their head coach from. Or, you know, maybe it's Johnny Nansen. So maybe it's it's different things that way, too. But, yeah, there's no doubt that everyone gets affected. Everyone gets uprooted. Everyone's moving. I mean, I'm thinking of Jed Fish right now, and I'm thinking of his family. And I think we were talking about it in the earlier podcast. I think if you total up all the places that he's been 
as a pro coach, college coach, what have you, it's like 16, 17 different places. I mean, I just, I've made one move in 25 years and it completely ruined my life. <laughs> can you imagine moving 16 or 17 different times? I, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I had a chance to uh, talk to Jordan Powell just real quickly yesterday. And for those who don't remember, he was the tight ends coach here under Chris Peterson, and he was not retained by Jimmy Lake. And we both know Jordan real well, and he was devastated when he wasn't retained. But um, he was able to be added to the staff down there. And let's just say if I said Jordan Powell was happy to be returning, I think that would be an understatement. And Scott, I mean, look at the tight ends that Jordan Powell got in this school and uh, and uh, really developed. Yeah, we t- and we talked about that a little bit yesterday in the podcast. And I mean, Disley, Will Disley, um, uh, Drew Sample, and uh, Kate even, Otten. Hey, Kate Otten, he he recruited him, and then um, also uh, even because um, he was actually on Sark staff, so he actually got Austin Saperian Jenkins in. Um, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a really uh, good pickup for Washington to get Jordan Pow Pow. He's going to do really well with uh, tight end evaluations. One one thing that um, I've heard really a lot of a lot of uh, good things about is uh, Matt Doherty, that he's just an outstanding talent evaluator. He's the he's basically the Courtney Morgan. He was the Courtney Morgan of of uh arizona uh football so um he'll be doing that same job up here um you know there's just a lot of of good talent evaluators on this team they're very good recruiters um think about what these guys were recruiting to the last couple years and the fact that they've been able to bring in some talented guys and get some really really talented players in and put them in and, and plug them in into their system and and find guys who fit and find guys who bought in. Jordan Pow Pow leads that charge, in my opinion. And Chris, some of the other uh, coaches that are returning. Do you remember much? I, I, Jimmy Dougherty was a really young coach when he was brought on at UW. Yeah, I mean, he came in I think around 2009, 2010. He was was he a part of Sark's very very first coaching staff at Washington? I thought he yeah. was. Yes, yeah, he I was. Think, I think yeah. so. His rep, his rep, his coaching tree. His uh, his dad, I believe it was Michigan. His Dad was a big time high school, I mean, big time high school coach back in Minnesota. Excuse me, Michigan, I believe it was. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he, he uh, definitely came in as a bright young star, and and coached a few years, and then was able to move on and and parlay that into into bigger and better. And so it's it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens because there there are a lot of Washington ties uh, to this program. There were even more when you included Johnny Nansen, who's now at Texas. Uh, you you include Dwayne Aquina, who's now at Texas, which it's so amazing. Dwayne Aquina has been, it feels like he's been everywhere, but he's never coached at Washington. He's never coached at his alma mater. So I thought that was really, really strange too. But there is a lot of connections between Doherty, Pow Pow, Jed Fish obviously was a coach with the Seattle Seahawks in 2010 as a quarterback's coach under Pete Carroll. Now you've got Brennan Carroll, who's, who's likely going to be the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach announced tomorrow. Um, he should be there at, at Fish's press conference, and he's obviously Pete Carroll's son. So the the, the connections are are long and strong. Yeah, I'm just uh, looking at some of the tweets out there. But uh, Jimmy Doherty, when he he was here at Washington, he was the wide receiver coach. It sounds like he's the quarterback coach. Uh, of course, um, uh, 
Brennan Carroll, that is Pete Carroll's son, and he's an offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. Scott, you know a little bit about that wide receiver coach, and evidently he is rock star recruiter. Yeah, um, Cummings is the last name. I'm trying to I think it's Kevin. Kevin Cummings, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean he's a he's a huge pickup. The guy can recruit. He can develop. It, to me, now, granted, I know some of it was under different coaching staffs, but my goodness, Arizona always seems to have deadly wide receivers. And he is a really good coach and a really good recruiter. And Washington just, I mean, I thought Jamarcus Shepard was one of the best wide receiver coaches I'd seen at the University of Washington. He got the most out of his players. And I'm not saying he was bad on the recruiting trail, but there were guys that he missed on and that I thought Washington should have been able to get in this in the in the system now, I mean, he, the guys that he brought in in this class, I think, are going to be outstanding. Jason Robinson, Justice Williams, but there were maybe a couple other guys that I thought Washington would have had a better better shot with, and he either didn't want them or just didn't mesh with them quite well. Kevin Cummings, from everything that I've been made aware of, is a really good recruiter and will get you in on a lot of big-time wide receivers. And coming into what Washington has and, and, and the program that they can present to these kids and everything like that, the fact that they're going to play in the Big Ten on the you know biggest stage in college football, um, I think Washington's going to be able to reel in a lot of talented wide receivers here on the West Coast. Yeah, I thought that one of the key keeps, you know, I was hoping that they could keep Scott Huff and Jamarcus Shepard, but I think one of the keys was keeping uh, the strength and conditioning coach, Ron McKeefrey. Um McKeefrey was offered by Nick Saban back in the day, and he got a nice bump from uh, University of Washington. Was he making seven, $800,000 right in there, Chris, with the bump that he got? Good question. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, the strength and conditioning coach down at Arizona, his name's Tyler Owens, and our guy down at Arizona described him as really, really, really good. And we're expecting him to come up, too. So it'll be interesting to meet him and see what it's all about. So um, I think, ironically then, enough, he's part of the Alabama strength and conditioning coaching tree, if I if I remember correctly. Well, it just seems like, it seems like we've been crossing paths with Alabama for quite a while, Chris. I think it goes all the way back to that DB, JC guy uh, that was at Alabama, the corner. What, what was his name? Mm, Do you yeah. remember who I'm talking to? I know who you're talking about. I couldn't remember his name for the life of me. Didn't play here much, but actually had a cup of coffee in the in the NFL. Big, like, 6'3 corner. He was a JC guy. Good kid. But, okay. uh, yeah, we've been dealing with him quite a bit. But when we talk about guys coming up, there's also some pretty good players on that roster, and it's going to be interesting. What Jason Shear say, as many as 15 could come up? Yeah. Yeah, the the three, the top three on the list, though, are Jonah Coleman, Tutoroya, uh McMillan, and Noah Fafita. That's the quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. And all three of those guys are guys I had in my recruiting blog and also guys that I think could be going anywhere in the country, but they're going to follow – uh, from everything we're made aware of, there's a very good chance that all three of those guys could end up at the University of Washington. I think all three are in the portal, right? I know Coleman is. I'm not sure about the other two. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, Fafita. Um, isn't their right tackle uh, supposed to be NFL caliber as well? Mm, yeah, I don't. Jonas Savayanaya. Yeah, and his brother plays on the defensive line, Julian Savayanaya. Savayanaya. So, and then Jacob Manu, the the linebacker, is a big time guy too. So, 
Um, Washington's definitely got some guys to to choose from on that of that group. Yeah, the three the three guys that played in high school together at Servite were Fafita, uh, Ted McMillan, and Jacob Manu. And so mm-hmm. obviously those guys are really connected and really close. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to stay together or if they split up or or how that ends up going. And Scott, if they can retain uh, Jeremy um, Jeremy Bernard, who says says he's going in the portal, he's not in the portal yet, as we uh, are recording this podcast. But if they can remain with Jeremy Bernard, they've still got a stacked wide receiver room. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say I, I would say stacked with potential, but they aren't really stacked yet that that we know of from pr- productivity. I think. I think Jeremy Bernard, if they can keep him, like you said, Kim, I think um, I think if you can, you know, get get the most out of Boston, Denzel Boston, um, you're talking about um, the three wide or I guess the only two wide receivers left. But Rasheed Williams is an absolute stud in the making. He could be really, really good in this system. I think that, uh, you know, um, Keith. Reynolds, I think the coaches kind of liked him. They were, I think they were a little surprised at how much they liked what he could do. Um, and then you got Giles Jackson, who's the holdover. You know, we'll see if he ends up sticking around or what he decides to do. So, um, lots of guys. You and forgot just, one. You who? forgot one. Everybody's sleeping on him. The guy from Cal. Well, yes, he's, Jeremiah Hunter. But he's yeah. just committed. He's not. He's not enrolled. He's not there. Yeah. Yet. We don't even know if he's going to stay enrolled. So, because he just hasn't been real public about stuff. So, yeah. um, but, you know, if they get, get him, I mean, he's a Romo Dunze clone, maybe not as fast as Romo Dunze, but just as talented when it comes to catching contested passes. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's talent on hand at wide receiver. They just need to be molded. And, and I think uh, the, I think Fish and, and Cummings and, and whoever is the OCU, if it's Brendan Carroll or whoever, um, I think they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to look at the wide receivers and go, you know, that's a group that as long as we can coach them up and we got a good coach that we're going to be just fine there. And losing Dylan Johnson, if they are able to get the running back, Chris, I think that would be a big deal as well. Yeah. Tony Coleman is already in, he is definitely in the portal. He's already announced that. So that would be a big one. Um, especially coming up with, with his, with his coach who, apparently has gotten nothing but like rave reviews from the media down in Tucson. His name's Scotty Graham. And so, yeah, so it sounds like Scotty Graham's going to be the new Lee Marks and we'll see what happens there. The other thing too, to think about is that with Washington um, or with Arizona, excuse me, they're um, one of their top returning or the top guy for 2024 in terms of guys that have signed and are gonna he may already be on campus. I'm not 100% sure, but the top uh, player for that class is a running back by the name of Jordan Washington, who played for Long Beach uh, Jordan High School. And so, you know, we'll see. Is that a guy that ends up trying to go into the portal and follow follow Scotty Graham to Motley? So, you know, obviously there's a there's a lot will be determined because now that Jed Fish is officially going to Washington. The Arizona players, they have 30 days to go into the portal. Guys that have signed their letters of intent will most likely be released from their letters because that's something that Washington has done in the past with some of those guys when they've made their uh, coaching changes. Scott, members of the 24 class signed with Arizona. Any of those uh, that were heavy Washington targets? 
Um, well, I wouldn't say heavy Washington targets, but the guys that I listed were Jordan Washington, the uh, running back. Um, he's, I think you guys just mentioned him. Uh, Desmond or Demond Williams, the the quarterback who was an Army all well, he's not it's not called Army All American. It's the All American Bowl guy. Uh, Rayshon Clark, who is um, a local prospect that Washington liked but didn't pursue that heavily. Um, he's a guy that could be brought in as like a safety or a, like, I don't know what they call it. I think they call it a star or whatever in their system, whatever the Husky is, um, in their system. Um, and then he's, a Tah- high, he's out of federal way high school, by the way. Yeah, no, he's not. He's out of Garfield. He's transferred. So third, okay. third school in five, third school in four years. So yeah, cause he was at life Christian down in, down in Tacoma. Then he was at uh, federal way and now he's up at, um, Garfield, but right. then, um, you know, Washington liked him as a safety. He wanted to play wide receiver, but it sounds like they told them that he's going to play cornerback in, uh, at Arizona. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. And then Kaho Tui Halamaka, uh, or Kaho Tui Halamaka. He's a huge defensive lineman from, um, I think it's Servite or not Servite. I'm sorry. Uh, modern day from modern day in Santa or Santa Ana, the, the big modern day. Uh, but he, they were one of only three schools to extend him an offer six, four, 340 pounds. So if they want to bring him up, I wouldn't be surprised if he's another one that they might bring into the fold. And I think the big, uh, big guy who's entered the portal again, uh, not again, but, uh, changed his mind and we'll see if he's able to recommit. And that's, um, Keona, is it Keona Wilhite? Yeah. Keona Wilhite. And he was committed at one time to Arizona. He's from down there and he uh, switched his commitment, signed with Washington. So I think he would be a pretty big get to keep on the roster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely would be. He's versatile. He could grow into a defensive tackle at some point, but that's, you know, he's going to come in and play edge wherever he goes, uh, at least to start. And Noah Carter is another one that that people, a lot of people want to get um get in the boat and um we'll see um now i have talked to several of the husky commits that uh you know that were in the 2024 class that have signed um two of them took official visits to arizona and that is that were those were the two defensive line prospects from or for the huskies in the class rahumana bulabalabu and also Omar Khan. Um, they told me a lot of stuff off the record. I'll just summarize. Basically, they said that um, they had great relationships with Jed Fish and and that staff down there. They just liked Washington better. And um, they feel like, you know, right now I'm locked in with Washington and we'll see what happens. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. One of the key positions we haven't heard much about, the uh, defensive coordinator at Arizona was Johnny Nansen, and he moved to Texas. And he's rumored to be a top candidate for the head job down there at Arizona. But there's still a defensive coordinator position to be filled in the Washington defensive coordinators. They had two in Chuck Morrell and William Inge and, you know, just lots of reports of them actually being at the team meeting. We're not hearing much of them going down to Alabama. No, no. In fact, it looks like basically the entire offensive staff minus Lee Marks is going to be hired at Alabama. So that means you've got Grubb, you've got Jamarcus Shepard, you've got Scott Huff, and you've got Nick Sheridan, who was coaching the tight ends. So, yeah, so there's there's big, big openings. And like I said, it looks like the the five or six coaches that are on their way up from Arizona that, that should get introduced tomorrow are pretty much all offensive guys and including the strength and conditioning coach. So at this point right now, it looks like, you know, they've got to figure out their whole defense. They've got to figure out who wants to run that thing, whether that means that Jed Fish retains guys like Engine Morrell or whether he goes in a, in a different direction. I think, to be honest with you, Kim, that's the biggest question for me yeah. moving forward in the, in the next 24, 48 hours. What direction does he go? Does he retain those guys or does he just take a, a, a chopping block to all of it and, and, and can not only those guys, but Juice Brown and uh, Inoke Brechterfield, did the, does he just go clean or does he try to include some of those guys to maybe hope stem the tide a little bit and try to keep some of the players on and create some continuity uh, on that side of the ball? Because they kind of go either way at this point. Yeah, because it sure doesn't sound like any of the defensive coaches are going with uh, Kalen to Alabama. No, it doesn't sound like it at all. Not a surprise there. No, not a surprise. Yeah, no, that, I, that's going to be the interesting thing is to keep your eye on. And a lot of coaches, this is, this is a good place to coach. It's expensive, but it's a, a good place to be. I was talking to one of the guys from Arizona that's going to be coming up, and he was actually packing his bags in the midst of all of this. And I said, yeah, real estate prices, they're, they're a lot cheaper. I was uh, talking to another guy um, at UW, and he said, you know, Jed Fish has got a fabulous house down in Tucson. I go, well, he'll pay double the price for real estate up here, and he'll have to live in Renton or Kent. So I think I think he can afford what he wants. What Rumor is what, 7.75 average? Yeah. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. I, I thought yeah, that's what's been reported. I thought I saw somewhere was 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 Hugh uh, Millen was he the one that reported the buyout? Because I didn't yeah. I didn't see that anywhere. I saw that on our message boards. But I no offense to Hugh, there. he could be completely right, but don't take that with a grain of salt at this point. Well, I, I just feel like this is a case of telephone, right? Where the where the yeah. news gets passed down and down and down, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a twelve or fifteen million dollar buyout becomes a twenty or twenty five million dollar buyout. I have not heard the exact figure. Hopefully, we'll get, we'll get some clarity on that tomorrow. Yeah, there's two steps to what was being signed. We ha- we saw the video yesterday, and it looked like three pages. And three pages is going to be an MOU, a memorandum of understanding. It won't have all the details. The details will, you know, be in the long form contract, and typically that's a lot longer than three pages. And at some point, we will get a con a copy of that contract, and we'll be able to see what's in it. It'll I'm sure it'll have the country club membership, and everybody tells me he's a country club kind of guy, so it'll have the country club membership. The um, uh, you know, just other perks, the rental car, 
all of that kind of stuff. And uh, then we'll see if it has any numbers in there for assistant salary pool or anything about an NIL commitment. But those details will probably be in the long form contract that we get at some point. But, uh, you know, Chris, we were talking about it a little bit and you talked about it on the radio, you know, just talking to some guys. This is going to be a completely different culture than what we've seen under Chris Peterson, what we've seen under Kalen DeBoer and Jimmy Lake. And they compared it more to a culture of what um, Rick Neuheisel was running a lot more laid back. So um, I don't know if that rings with you at all or not, or if it means anything to you at all. Well, I. Yeah, I think off the field in terms of his culture and kind of what he brings and his personality and his character and everything else reminds me of Rick Neuheisel in terms of he's a go-getter, he's a closer, he's a guy that's going to be able to recruit hard, he's going to deal with social networks, he's not going to shy away from it. On the field, he reminds me a little bit more of Sark, and and not so much in terms of what kind of offense he's going to call, although I think there's a lot of touchstones between those two guys. I think it's more to the point of what his mechanics are. You, you see him calling the plays. So like even Brennan Carroll, he has the official title of offensive coordinator. Brennan Carroll hasn't called a play when he was at Arizona. That was all Jed fish. And it's expected that Jed fish is going to continue to be the play caller uh, on the sidelines for Washington going forward. And it's in that way, he's a lot like Sark. Yeah, just, just so many things going on, and it's just been kind of a crazy week. Um, you know, looking forward to the next few days throughout the week. What are we looking at, Scott? What does our week look like? What can fans expect over the next four to five days? Well, I think you're going to see more assistance added. So we're uh, right now, Jason Shear is reporting that um, all of the guys that um, <clears throat> Jed Fish has hired are all on a plane headed up to Seattle right now and supposed to be here for the press conference, which is tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Hey, by the way, do you want, do you guys want me to go down the list of the coaches? Because he's basically saying everybody, but Chuck Cecil and Ricky Hunley are going yeah, to at Washington. Yeah. So yeah, go for it. Basically that means that, so Brennan Carroll was their offensive coordinator, and offensive line coach, which is an interesting mix because we could have very easily seen that with Scott Huff down the road, the way things were going. Um, the assistant coach and the passing game coordinator and the quarterbacks coach was is Jimmy Doherty. Jordan Powpow, assistant coach, tight ends, and also was the special teams coordinator at Arizona. And then Kevin Cummings was wide receivers coach and assistant coach. Scotty Graham was the running backs coach. The assistant coach from the defensive ends and outside linebackers is Jason Cafusi. The assistant coach for cornerbacks is, a, is someone named John Richardson. And that was it. And so they they didn't really have a line like an inside linebackers guy listed, which I thought was interesting. So but that's that's those are the guys that are expected to be at Washington tomorrow. Hey, Scott, you mentioned that um, the press conference is on Tuesday. Uh, I apologize for what I did to you yesterday telling you it was on Monday. Yeah, I thought you did it on purpose, honestly. I sent you scrambling. Yeah, I was like, um, OK, all right, <laughs> I'll figure something out. But. I mean, to me, today made sense. It totally made sense. But um, I'm glad they gave us that extra day. 
Yeah, they just needed some time to settle in and, you know, get the coaches up here. You know, from my understanding, a bunch of coaches are flying up today. So I'm sure you wanted to get everybody here. But, you know, Chris, again, I asked Scott, you know, taking a look forward in the next four to five days, what are you seeing? What are we gonna, what are we going to be doing and what can fans expect? Yeah, like I said, because of the everyone scattered to the to the winds um, for the three day weekend, there were not a lot of players and coaches on campus to really get a great feel for the little meet and greet that they had um, at Washington. You know, when Jed Fish got into town with his family, they got a chance to meet his wife and his and his daughters and everything like that, which is great. I mean, it's a good starting point, but it's kind of, in in some ways it's just kind of like, okay, well now what? And so I think from from here on out, like uh, it's going to be really, really key for Fish to get these coaches up to Washington, get them all on the same page, you know, get it so that these players can fully buy in to what their vision is, what their plan is going forward. Because the quicker they can do that, then you can get the the guys like Parker Brailsford and Jeremy Bernard and and Austin Mack or whoever whoever you want to talk about that's gone into the portal in the last 48 to 72 hours can now feel a lot better about their situation and how Washington is stacked to move forward in terms yeah. of what they're going to do. So that's that's what to me that's what the next 2 to 3 days is going to be like. It's all going to be about recruiting, but it's not going to be about recruiting guys from Arizona. It's going to be about recruiting the guys to come back to Washington, whether it's the whether it's the the guys that were already on the team or whether it's guys like Will Rogers, you know, who who came to Washington and then now is back in the portal, even though he has never played a snap for the Huskies. Yeah, just if people think we're done, you know, uh, because of everything that's gone on and we got the, the new coach and in the, the infamous Marcus Peters says, I think we ain't done yet. We got a lot of work in front of us between the portal and recruiting and assistant coaches being named. So, yeah, we're, we're not we're not close to being done. We're hopefully by the end of the week, we got a basketball game again on um, what, Thursday and Saturday, Chris? I think, yeah, Thursday, Saturday. They, they're in the Bay Area. Yeah. So we got Thursday. So yeah. So they Thursday. play they play at uh, Cal on Thursday night. I think a game time is six. And then Saturday they have a game time. It's also at six at Stanford. All right. We just wanted to get something out to you guys and just give thoughts. You know, we try to put everything on the message board, but things tend to get scattered. So getting back to the we ain't done yet, we're running a 60 percent promotion off on your on your uh, annual subscription. So if you're not a subscription and just listening to the podcast, no better time to subscribe to dogman.com because you work. I mean, it's going to be slammed with all the portal stuff, recruiting stuff, assistant coaches stuff. And we're probably only 60 days away from spring football. So. Follow it all year long here on dogman.com. Scott Eklund, final thoughts? I'm just glad to have some sort of direction now and and uh, see where things go. I'm interested to see what his recruiting style is like and what his culture is like compared to, like you said, Kim, what we had under Chris Peterson and Kalen DeBoer and Jimmy Lake for the couple of years he was here. But, um, you know, I, I'm interested to see what it looks like and uh, just – I think this is a good move. I mean, the best move would have been Kalen DeBoer sticking around, but since that didn't happen, I think this is the best move Washington could have made. Chris Fetters. Yeah, actually, I had a quick question for Scott because, you know, there, the 20, there's a couple of 2025 commits that have also decommitted and pulled back. I'm wondering what your initial thoughts on those guys are going to be. Do you think they're going to just wait on them a little bit, or do you think Fish will make an immediate push to try to get those guys right back in. 
Well, uh, uh, Rainy Soleil, the uh, linebacker edge that from the state of Washington, I think he's going to be a guy that Fish will do his best to get back in the boat as soon as possible. Um, no, and this is nothing against Jackson Collig. I think he's a pretty good quarterback, but I don't know if he's a fit for what Jed Fish wants to do. So we'll have to wait and see what Fish wants to do. And and uh, I haven't even looked at yet what they're they were looking at for the 2024. I'm sorry, 2025 class as far as uh, quarterbacks. Washington had offered 10, and they had some that were really interested in him that were pretty talented kids, but they took Colic. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. One thing that's going to be tough, they've they've got Demarcius uh, Davis on the Demarcius Davis on the already in the boat. Is he going to stay? I'm pretty sure he will. He's already on campus. I'll be shocked if he leaves before at least next year. Um, there's a chance they get Noah Fafita in, and we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But Noah Fafita, he's 5'11", 190 pounds. He's, I don't know if he's going to be an NFL guy who could leave early. So you could be looking at a three-year starter, and that's going to be a lot harder to get in uh, guys who might have to wait for two to three years. So uh, that's definitely something that we'll have to keep an eye on and see how things go. Hey, I have a request from, from for you guys. This is a good this is a good question. With the quarterback situation the way it is, you mentioned Demarcus Davis being the only kind of live body in the room right now. There's three guys out there that could immediately bolster this quarterback room and make it a pretty special room. When you talk about Austin Mack, you talk about Noah Fafita, you talk about Will Rogers. First of all, is there a chance all three of those guys could end up on Washington's roster? And no. if there and if there isn't, which two would you want going into the 2024 season? Uh, I would prefer Will Rogers and Noah Fafita. Um, and I think that would be the most likely scenario and let those two battle it out. Um, but um, I don't I don't see any way that Rogers and Austin Mack wind up at Washington if Fafita is the guy. If Fafita comes to Washington, Austin Mack's not returning. Plain no. and simple. Yeah, Plain he'd have simple. to wait three years. There's no way he's doing that. Yeah, and then, um, you know, words I'm hearing is Austin Mack's going to show up down in Alabama. Uh, we could see uh, uh, Will Rogers show up down there as well, but that would be interesting with, you know, uh, their quarterback situation down there. So. And also, just real quick, for the people that, that are wondering if Jaden Delora could be a potential fit at Washington, he's already, I believe, he's either committed or enrolled, I want to say, in Texas State. He already mm-hmm. he already okay. made an announcement, so he's going yeah. Today, so, right? Yeah, today. Okay. So you don't. Have I didn't to miss that. that. I didn't miss that. Okay. He got yeah. Wally pipped. He got Wally pipped down there. So. Well, I know there's a lot of hard feelings about him um, because of what he did when he was at Washington State. So you, you guys don't have to worry about him. Yeah, no, he's to- he's not he's toxic to Washington. So, um, anyways, hey, just before we wrap this up, um, just want to give a quick shout out. As you guys know, a real good friend of mine, Rick McMaster, he owns Vino at the Landing down in Renton, and the day after, uh, the day after the Fourth of July on July fifth, in the parking garage next door, some knuckleheads were lighting off fireworks, and he got a phone call at two o'clock in the morning that his place was on fire. So, water was dumped into his wine bar for a little over an hour, and he's been closed ever since. So. 
today he had his soft opening so um back open not advertising it yet just a few people know that he's going to be open but uh if you guys are down in Renton, rick's got a fantastic wine bar stop down and support those people they've been amazing and what's really really awesome is uh, almost everybody on his staff waited it out and returned that tells a lot about the quality of person that Rick is. And he sucks at golf. Tell him I said that. He sucks at golf and he cheats. I'm but, sure he <laughs> listens to this, doesn't he? You just told him. Oh, yeah, he listens to it. So anyways, um, yeah, it's going to be crazy. So um, just keep on. There's so much going on. Every time we think we're going to get slowed down a little bit, something else pops up. So if I'm gone tonight, Scott's with his kids and if Fetters is asleep, look for something to break tonight. So Anyways, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eckland. Go dogs. NTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.